Welcome to the My Catholic Homestead podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Matthew. And I'm Carissa. We're excited for you to join us as we talk about the Catholic faith on the homestead. Welcome to episode one. We are extremely excited for you to join us on the podcast here. We just passed the first year on our homestead and we have learned a lot. And we are extremely excited to have some conversations around the homestead, the Catholic faith, and really what this podcast is about. But before we get into any of that, we thought maybe we should do some introductions. Do you want to start? Sure. So I'm Carissa. Matthew and I have been married for coming up on nine years this October. We have three children together and live on 26 acres in southeastern Indiana. We met 10 years ago in college, and I was introduced to the Catholic faith through Matthew and eventually converted a year later. And we have been on a long journey to the homestead ever since then and we're really excited to share everything along the way and what we've learned in this last year on the homestead yeah wow and we have learned a lot no joke (laughs) um so i'll pick up from there my name's matthew i was raised in a catholic household and uh you know i don't think i ever really grew up with a passion or interest in farming or homesteading it really wasn't a part of my childhood i did grow up across from a farm but it was a you know, a standard, typical commodity-based farm, corn, soybean, that kind of thing. And so for whatever reason, it wasn't really ever on my radar, except for just looking out the window and knowing that it was there. Somewhere along the road, though, over the last few years, we have really become interested in homesteading and very passionate about farming, specifically local farming, things like raising our own meat, raising our own produce, so much so that, in fact, that we actually run a farm now. And the farm is called Little Way Farm and Homestead, And it's obviously located in southeastern Indiana as well, and we love it. And it's been super fun. We've learned a lot. We've had a lot of challenges. Uh, I think we've had a lot of successes, and I also think it's very evident that God's grace is all over this place in so many ways that it's become incredibly encouraging, and I'm very thankful to God for that and thankful to all of uh, our family here for supporting us in that as well. Well, maybe you can start, though. Where do you think this began? Like, we've been talking about this for a while, and people have been asking us, like, did you guys, you know, do you have an education in farming or in homesteading, or how did you learn all this stuff? What do you remember? Where did this begin? Yeah, so similarly, growing up, I was not familiar with farming or raising food. My grandma grew up on a farm raising her own food, so I was familiar with it from, like, a an old-time story. So to me, living on a farm or a homestead and raising your own food was an old-fashioned thing, something of the past, but I didn't realize that it was something people were still doing today, that there was a movement of people going back towards that. I will say, I don't know when exactly that movement started back up again, but I do know it was, it was before we were really familiar with the idea of homesteading. Yeah, I'm not really sure either. It seems to me, and maybe it's that we run in a lot of circles with people who are interested in homesteading practices or, you know, they want to live in more agrarian environments or they want to do things even, even as simply as like living in the city, but making your own bread. Right. That's like one of the, you know, a really easy way of kind of considering homesteading stuff is the things that you can do wherever you are. Even if you don't have a lot of land, so you can't run animals or grow a big garden. Right. There's still a lot of things you can do. Which is honestly, I think more so how it started for us. I think when I look back on our story, we both had a little bit of a leaning towards 
a healthy lifestyle. We you really emphasized working out and staying in shape. I had a desire to eat healthy and cook really good delicious food and while we were preparing for marriage we took an NFP course and they provided a book with the course that we took and in the book the woman talked about how our food affects our fertility and she kind of walked you through how to go to the grocery store and shop the perimeter to avoid the more processed foods and to eat more whole foods and she talked about different different foods that are good at giving healthier fertility better outcomes and different things like that yeah so that is what kind of got my mind rolling in understanding okay I know we want to have babies and I know that the babies are going to live within my body and then coming across the concept that the food that I'm putting into my body will affect the health of those babies that are going to be pooling from everything I'm fueling myself with it gave me a big drive to go and just continue digging into that and learning more about health and food you know what's interesting about that too is that i think we were actually on different pages when it came to health because i was super focused on developing physical strength and on working out and you were really focused on eating healthy and taking care of your body from my from a food perspective and a nutrition perspective yeah so i think it all started with learning about the food for me and you with the health and fitness and then it we started making our own laundry detergent to try to save some money and our first summer married you decided you wanted to start a garden so we made a big thing about building garden beds together and growing produce and it was so much fun to see the bountiful fruits that came from relatively minor work that I think that really sparked the the idea the concept of oh well maybe one day we can have some land and we can raise kids on land and teach them how to raise food and have a garden and that's when I think the idea really started growing you know what I do remember from those times though that specifically that first house where we had the the raised garden beds well two things one I brought in so I had a little old scion and I car and I brought in so much dirt in order to fill those garden beds it was just absolutely ridiculous but then our selection of crops was awfully strange like we grew a whole bunch of sweet potatoes and then strawberries well, typically strawberries aren't even ready for the first year. And the sweet potatoes, there were so many of them that I just remember taking them out of the ground and they just kept coming. Yeah. And to then, be fair, I don't think we had any idea how many potatoes can grow from one plant. No idea. We, I think we even forgot we planted them. And it was like the end of the season. And you're like, wait, we have potatoes in here. And you started pulling them out. And also, I don't think we even ate sweet potatoes at that time. I don't think we did either. I remember finding them in the basement after we let them cure and being like, oh, I think they fermented in the basement. They didn't (laughs) because we ate them. I remember eating off of them for a while. It took us a while because it was just the two of us and I didn't cook with sweet potatoes much. So, but I really appreciated having them once I did start cooking with them. Yeah. But then, okay, so we were in, that was a house in the city. Yeah. And then we moved to where? We did, well, we did a little bit of moving around for work and we moved into an apartment. So we moved into an apartment in a different part of town. And I think at that time, 
I don't think we were really focused on like what we could be doing from scratch. I still made laundry detergent. We focused a little bit on meal prepping. At this point, I was in my first pregnancy. So we did focus a lot on good food and we were still working out a lot. Um, but I, it, I think we were actually really just focused on paying off debt at the time. Yes, we were paying important. off debt. And that's actually when we started looking for land. We I remember joking around this. Oh, my goodness. This is when we came across a property in the town that we live in now. We came across Whoa, a property. I remember it this. It was this old, beautiful house. It had a couple acres and it was so cheap. It was like $185,000 or something. Which at that time. At that time, we couldn't afford. To put it in context, our first house that we purchased was under, I think we paid under $70,000 yeah. for the house itself. Yeah. Which I don't know that that's possible anymore, I don't unfortunately. Think it is. Not where we live. Not where we live, no. And it was a great house. Like it wasn't. It was not a dump. No, it was all. a phenomenal the house we lived in. But that one, I do remember. I bet that house is, if I remember right, I just remember it was beautiful. It had huge ceilings, super old style, lots of fireplaces. I think it was five acres. Yeah. And we need to go find that house out here because it's out here somewhere. We do. And I remember showing your parents and us thinking, no, that's too far outside of the city. We couldn't live that far. And we can't quite afford that yet. We were closer but we couldn't yet. It's just so funny that it was in the town that we ended up in. Yeah. Though. But at this time, so we were in an apartment and we paid off some debt there. And we spent a lot of time trying to pay off some debts. And that was very successful. And then we went and moved in with some family, I think, for a little bit. Yeah, it was a short period while we were house hunting. This is when the housing market really started peaking in our area. Well, at the time we thought it was peaking. That's why we sold our house and moved into an apartment because we saw that we could make a really nice profit to pay down debt. So we did a temporary living with family situation. And once we realized we couldn't quite find, we wanted land, but we didn't want to sacrifice, um, we didn't want to sacrifice the land yet. Like we wanted to buy a house and we wanted acreage. So because we couldn't find something with property that we could in our price range, we decided to rent and a house came available within the family that we were able to rent for almost two years at that point. Yeah, I think it was about two years. And that was actually really funny because I do recall that at one point there was I don't know how much land there was, maybe half an acre, three quarters yeah. of an acre, uh, relatively flat backyard. And I definitely proposed to the family members who own the house yes. that I was interested in tilling the entire backyard and turning it into a small farm. Yes, this is when we started getting back into the idea of gardening. We had all these ideas of growing like a bean teepee for the... We had one child at the time. I thought it would be fun to her to, for her to be able to go inside and play inside the bean teepee. That's and hilarious. We talked about having big community dinners out in the backyard, and we wanted to like the concept of bringing community along with the food was starting to grow at that time. I think we talked about doing like community dinners at that yes. point for like evangelization purposes, yes. but also well, just bringing people kind together of creating around creating Catholic food. community. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing to go back and remember. I can't, this I is know. fun. I can't remember where this kind of came from. I and know, this is really fun. It's so interesting how the whole thing has grown and the different directions it's taken, but how they're all connected to even where we are now. Yeah. 
So then from there, we I think we continued probably to pay off debts, if I had to uh, remember correctly. And a lot of this was student loans. We took cars that we had that were newer, and we would sell them, and we would buy older cars, really yeah. just doing anything at all we could to pay down debts. So I do remember at the end of around that two years in that house, we moved to another apartment. Yeah. And we basically just took a year off. We were Well, we took a year off from looking for housing and we obviously couldn't really garden. We tried to put some pots out on the patio, but we didn't get great sun where our apartment was located. But I did we did start there doing kombucha i started learning about we started baking bread because mm. this is when the pandemic hit right and so we that really pushed us back into everything because we were like okay we've kind of put this on the side for a little while but it reminded us of our passion for it but it also gave us a drive of we've got to figure out how to make this happen for our family because we don't want to find ourselves in a position like this again if something in the world happened right. like that again so you were you were baking bread um we you found that like five loaf recipe i forgot about that, that i was, was like so good. crazy passionate about bread making yes. i think i was like i'm gonna start a bread company yes. and a bakery and yes. this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna get up at 2 a.m in the morning and go yeah. bake bread and sell it yep so you did bread and kombucha and that's when i bought my first whole chicken to learn how to cook a whole chicken and i i pushed myself because it was that was actually a really strange concept to have to do initially because when you buy a whole chicken it's a lot harder to deny that you're working with an actual animal than when you just have like a a thing of meat right. that you're cooking and it's just meat in your head it's not an animal so that yep the cooking really started growing at that point like how to how to source food. I started looking at buying in bulk and shopping outside of grocery stores because there were all the shortages in grocery stores. So I started looking for local farms that I could buy produce from, herbs from, meat from. Um, yeah, and that, I don't know, that time was really important, I think, for our journey. We did end up buying a house. We after the apartment, after the apartment, after this apartment, we did one more house. We sacrificed on the land. We put that to the side because we really wanted the security of being able to have a garden and being able to feed our family, even if it was off of a little bit of land. And so we downsized from like we need acreage to, OK, we need a decent sized backyard where the kids can play and we can grow food and where we can continue to look for land and to be clear on size of property at this point because i think some people may be interested in that yeah. we're talking like i i think i want to say like acre? eighth of an acre to a quarter of an acre not not very much at all really tiny land we are talking like west side oh, yeah, of Cincinnati. Right. We didn't have half an acre. It was, I think it was a third of an acre is what we had. It was very small. But the amount of food that we grew at that house oh, in the backyard, goodness. that was one of the first things we did is we went, we turned over soil in the backyard. We, we mapped the up. sun and figured out like yes. where the sun was going to hit. We watched the sun through the winter because we, we came in in the middle of summer 
And we really just had to clean up the backyard because it hadn't been taken care of for a while. And we like mapped out where we were going to put the garden. And I remember watching the sun through the winter and realizing that the sun doesn't stay in the same spot in the sky. So we started worrying about where we had decided to put our garden plot because I was like, well, the sun doesn't shine there now. But it was the winter and I had no idea. I'd never paid attention to the sun. I I remember thinking that we had to make this like giant L-shaped pattern for Uh our garden spot and that there was going to be just a random like an L-shaped garden because there was a giant tree where the sunlight would get cast over and it would shade. And so I was thinking, well, that spot right there isn't going to be good for growing anything. Yeah. And thankfully that didn't end up happening because it would have looked rather funny. But it would have looked silly. We were really committed at this point to growing our own food and growing our own produce and we did and we grew in the middle of cincinnati or just on the outskirts of cincinnati corn and tomatoes and watermelons and pumpkins and uh radishes and lettuce peppers flowers herbs yep there was so much growing there that it kind of became a conversation point in the neighborhood it was more so a let's see if we can grow it but we didn't know exactly how to use it all at that point. So it didn't all get used. We grew a ton. And the squirrels ate all the corn. Yes. But we conceded on that because... I literally remember looking out the window once and just seeing a squirrel climb the corn stalk and the corn stalk bending over and the squirrels yes. just coming yes. in and taking the corn and leaving. Yeah. It was also at that time from leaving that second apartment into buying the new home that we really started finding a lot of friends in our church community that were living similar lifestyles that were homesteading and they were a step or two ahead of us and they were really welcome welcoming us in and showing us what they'd been doing and honestly it was just more so like coming alongside people in life and learning by being present and observing Um, But there were friends who invited us over to teach us how to process chickens. And we got to walk through a lot of gardens. And uh, we're just exposed to it a lot more. And it became very normal for us, not just growing a garden and then kind of supersizing that garden. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, you can raise your own meat. And you don't need an enormous amount of land to do that, depending on the animal. And you can make your own soaps. And you can... Uh, process your own food you can make your own breads you can make your own drinks and kombucha and all kinds of other beer we had friends that brewed their own beer yeah yeah Uh, you know there's these little things that you just don't think about you I I don't even want to say that you take them for granted but it just becomes like a non-conscious experience through your life of just you know the foods at the grocery store the foods at the restaurant and that's just how it is and not realizing that somewhere, somehow in a facility or by someone it's being produced and made or grown yeah And I think that's really, you know, that last experience in the house uh, on the west side of Cincinnati was really kind of that impetus for, okay, we are going to do this at this point. Yeah, and I think that at that point, you and I had this understanding spiritually that God was leading us to to land into something bigger. But we talked a lot about at that time – learning how to be present right where we were and doing the best that we could with the small things like living our life very intentionally and learning these skills and building community with people before we were in the place that we were working towards and where we knew God was preparing us for. We really 
we really dug into learning how to be present right. in the waiting. And you know what that reminds me of? What? The original name for like whatever the business venture associated with this was going to be called yeah. at that time was Little Way Homestead. Yes. Because it was inspired by St. Therese of Lisieux, who's been very impactful and very important in both of our uh, journeys in the Catholic faith. Mm -hmm. But Little Way Homestead was not a concession, but almost a reality that we could start right where we were yeah like we really wanted to be on an enormous amount of land and to be doing the, all the homesteading mm -hmm. stuff raising all our animals running a farm business doing the whole thing but we just weren't there and we weren't finding it and we just couldn't make it happen mm -hmm. and then a whole bunch of very unique circumstances kind of aligned where yeah it's actually happening and i'm certain that god was uh, involved in making that occur yeah but before that it became little way homestead and that's how we started to brand some of our online presence yeah was little way homestead we actually bought the name we established the llc while we were in that home that brings me back to why our website even for the farm to this mm -hmm. day is littlewayhomestead.com yeah because that was the name it was the name at the time i totally forgot about that and that it was registered back then as well we owned that domain website for maybe over a year before we even really did anything with it yeah i think i feel like it was around saint Therese's feast day that we probably it probably was it. we'd have to go back and take a look yeah but that was really the start of it was that we were you know thinking yes we are going to do something and we're going to start right where we are which hopefully is a moment of encouragement for anyone who's out there thinking i am so frustrated or tired or i feel like i'm missing out because i don't have x amount of land whatever that is yeah. that there are so many homesteading things that you can do right where you are and inspired by kind of that life of St. Therese of Lisieux, it's, it's, it's about those little things that you do every single day in honor of God. Yeah, and arguably for people who are new to homesteading, I almost think it's the better way to go in learning a lot of the skills before you have the land and the animals. There's just so much that built a foundation for me before coming here in learning how even I just got to practice canning the amount of tomatoes we were able to pull out of that small big garden we had in the suburbs right. um and having being able to have that experience of canning or I spent about a year trying out sourdough and learning how to do that and learning how to source my food locally learning how to buy in bulk and switch from grocery shopping every week to once or twice a month. Like there's so many things that I was able to do there because I had the time and the space to focus on it and learn that it would be way more overwhelming now if I hadn't prepared in that way right. before getting here. Right. And even, you know, down to there's just so many things that once you're on this much land and if you truly do go out and you bring in the animals and you bring in the large gardens and if you have to if you have to get outside of the city a little bit more right. than you were hoping right and then if you commercialize it or turn it into a business then it becomes a whole different thing yeah. and it's a whole nother set of circumstances and skills that you have to learn and it can be really draining yeah so i would really it is really draining it is very draining <laughs> i would really encourage people who are hoping to have a homestead one day or hoping to have land to really plant yourselves where you are right now and focus on the things that you can be learning and growing in 
while you are wherever you are. Yeah, I would agree. And I think uh, that's something that even in looking back, we, we certainly could have done even better and it would have really decreased a lot of the friction coming out into the country because yeah. there's a culture change. There's, you know, different things that you have to uh, consider just about the way that you live life, even down to, you know, how long it takes us to get to a grocery store. Yeah. We talk about the importance of kind of decreasing frequent grocery trips. It's actually just a matter of practicality. We we would lose so much time in the week driving to the grocery store if we had to do it multiple times in the week. Yeah. Because a round trip to the grocery store is like an hour and 15 minutes, presuming that you don't have to stop to eat or something else or that yeah. there's not a combine on the road that you get stuck <laughs> behind or a deer or a traffic jam or something. It takes a long time. And it can be really difficult to adjust because you find yourself thinking, oh, I've just got to do these different chores or these different tasks in the day. And the next thing you know, the day is almost over and it's time right. to make dinner and, you know, get the kids ready for bed. Yeah. So it can be very difficult. So I would definitely encourage anyone, don't wait to start. Start where you are. Yes. There are so many things you can do before you're on land. Or even if you don't have the goal of being on land, you can still homestead with with a patio or with a tenth of an acre you can homestead anywhere but to get finish out the story about how we got here so we were in the house and then that was the last stop before where we are now in order to get from the city side to the countryside it took a lot of time yeah we had to uh we had to do a lot of driving in different areas we drove I don't know. I want to say we drove over an hour south out of Ohio through Kentucky. We drove way out west into Ohio. We drove yeah. all the way up near uh, some of the outskirts of Columbus, Ohio from Cincinnati. Yeah. And eventually we ended up in southeastern Indiana. We had some friends out here, so that was definitely encouraging. And when we say friends out here, that still means you're 15, 30, 45 minutes or an hour away from people. Just that right. we knew people there relatively was, in the geographic area. And it was it was a Catholic community, which is something that we were growing to understand would be really important for us. And right. being able to move somewhere where we already knew Catholic families, where it seemed there were growing amounts of Catholic families moving to that area, it helped encourage that. Yeah. But to be clear, where we did end up, in fact, living, uh, it's a very minimal Catholic population now, uh, unfortunately, though we do know of Catholics who are in the area, which is very helpful. But the story, effectively, or at least some tidbits of the story of how we ended up where we are in southeastern Indiana, I ended up meeting a realtor, a real estate agent in the area who drove us around to some raw land. Raw land is land where there's no housing structure on it right now. And you would ultimately have to build the house or put a trailer on it or camp on it or something. Uh, But there's no housing structure, which means there's typically no utilities, no plumbing, no electric. And we drove around to a few different properties and Chris and I were getting super excited and nervous We were exploring what it would look like to purchase raw land in that way and exploring different finance options. Yeah, so while you were looking at the raw land, we were seriously considering at that point buying a camper and living temporarily in a camper while we built something. We were really looking at the concept of a pole barn house. We were. And we... We started looking into finance options for buying raw land and then building a pole barn home on it. Right. And that's when things started to 
look like it wasn't going to work for us anymore. We got to a point where the money just wasn't adding up and we started thinking, I think our windows shut. Like, I don't think we can buy in this area in this time because of the way the housing market was just skyrocketing all around us. And you went to call our realtor to tell him, hey, I think we're going to have to take a break from looking right now because we just don't think that we can fit into the prices in our area. And then he told me, he had two properties coming up that weren't even on the market yet. Yep. They both had houses on them. They both had land with trees, 10 plus acres. The houses were nice. I mean, they were in very reasonable living condition, which we had looked at a lot of houses that were not. So that was a bonus for us. And it was right within the hour mark of our parish that we had set for ourselves. Like, we don't want to switch parishes right now. We want to be within an you hour. You know what's funny about that is we had set this arbitrary. That's not really arbitrary. We, we said we want to be one hour radius from that parish. We yeah. do not want to step out one hour. And when we put this into the GPS, it was one hour and, and one, one minute, minute away from that church. <laughs> yeah. And that was really funny. And to this day, it's about an hour and one minute. Yes, we were we were used to driving about 40 minutes all the times we had moved around in the city. At times we had been about 40 minutes outside of where our church was. And so we thought an hour is not going to be that much more. We'll we'll move our radius out to an hour and we thought it would give us more options. Yeah, and we ended up ultimately closing on one of the properties out here in southeastern indiana it was amazing we were able to come see both properties before they were listed we were able to choose between two houses we had time to think about it we were able to make a reasonable offer where we weren't offering against other buyers it was like such a divine opportunity it was obviously we knew we knew that this was literally our window like this is we either make the decision and we do this or we've got to reevaluate everything and now we're here and praise be to god it's an amazing property we've done a lot of work on it over the last year we opened up a farm here we now sell pasture raised meat we sell produce and the farm is beginning to open up its first season of agritourism where people will be able to come out and join us for homesteading tours. Mm-hmm. And our homestead is here. The children are running around. We have chickens. We have beef cattle. We have dairy cow. We have so many things going on here. And it's amazing looking back over the last year and considering the journey it took to get here. And I'm honored. I'm excited. And it's so fun to be able to open this journey up to others and hopefully help others in this way. But more importantly is talk about what really is the important thing, which is that this is not just a farm and homestead. It is most importantly a Catholic farm and homestead. And that's where we'll leave you until next time.